Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. How is it already the end of August? Like, I don't really understand how that happened and how the whole summer got away from us. It's actually crazy. It's just been, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure, just with everything going on and with like all the whispers of a fourth wave with COVID and just like trying to actually relax before the new school year hits. It's just been, it's been insane to be honest. Um, I'm very curious, like, to know how you guys have spent your summer. I know a lot of people are, have to work over the summer. I'm very fortunate that I still get paid over the summer as a teacher, so, but I've been doing a lot, like you guys, I've told you guys, I've been doing a lot of side hustles and just trying to find ways to, like, make more money and save up and keep paying off student loans and stuff. Um, but that's gonna, it's all going into full gear in the next two weeks or so when, we go back to school. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about it before, but um, this year I'm, so I'm going into my fourth year of teaching. It's crazy actually, because I'm only 26. So I started when I was 23 years old, turning 27 this year. And my first three years were great. I learned a lot. I taught a lot of different classes. I was rotary and planning. I had a homeroom my first year, taught the English half of grade four French immersion. And like I just I learned a lot a lot I taught so many different subjects and last year I taught on a, off a cart so I brought my little cart around I called it Mademoiselle Eastwood's class mobile and half the time it was like falling apart but um like I said I learned I learned a lot and this year I'm really 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 excited because I finally get my own home room so when I did have my first home room in my first year it was just for English and math, and the other rest, the rest of the day, I taught like core French. I taught in the BRC classroom, and um, a lot of different like planning subjects. I taught social studies to another class, but this year, everything in this class is I'm I'm responsible for. So I'm teaching grade three French immersion this year. Super super duper excited at a new school. The new school's huge. It's literally twice the size of my high school was because I grew up in a really small town so this school is twice the size of my high school it has triple the amount of staff than my previous school I worked at it's gonna be crazy crazy um I'm but I'm really really excited for the new adventure I'm excited to coach all the sports I've already spoken with like um one of the teachers who's in charge of phys ed and the coaching and the intramurals at my new school and She's like, yeah, absolutely. We can use we can use um, more people for when when and if organized sports start back up again. Because as you guys know, with my kinesiology degree, I love to participate in sports and coach sports and teach sports to kids. And um, I ran at my last school. I started a whole soccer program from the ground up. So I organized t- the. I signed the kids up, or the kids signed up, sorry. I put them into teams. I organized, like, uh, the whole season. They played ev- they played once a week 
for like eight weeks and we did playoffs. I bought them trophies and medals out of my own pocket and it was great. Like it was, it was so great. And I've been able to do that my first two years last year. We couldn't because of COVID, everything got canceled, but, um, I'm really, really excited because the teacher at my new school said that, um, that they could use a hand. So I'm really excited to kind of learn from other people and learn from new teachers because at my last school, like I did, I did a lot of it. So, uh, like on my own and stuff, there were some teachers that, that had some time to, to coach other sports and with me and that was great um but all the intramurals like the soccer intramural and european handball intramural like i organized that on myself so it was great um and so i'm excited to learn about that at my new school i'm excited to finally have my own class my own classroom i'm not going to be teaching off a cart i'm excited to meet my new students the one thing that's going to be different this year though is my my assignment did change to virtual so despite the fact that most of the students are going to be going back to school in person, there are still some schools, well, most of the school boards are offering a virtual option. So my assignment did change to virtual because there was enough grade three students that opted for virtual at my new school. So I will be teaching virtual. Could be for the whole year. It could be till October. It could, who knows, who knows. And although I get, the perks of virtual obviously there's many downsides to, to virtual learning as well especially in French immersion because it's so important that the students be immersed in the language and be surrounded by the French language it's it's much more difficult to do that online but I'm excited for the challenge and the good thing is like I did it last year when the schools were shut down in Ontario so I kind of know like I know like the tips and the tricks and and the methods that worked for me and uh, what worked for my students. So I'm excited for that challenge. I could be going back into the classroom in like October and then I have to, as they like to say in education recently, pivot. <laughs> so it'll be fun for sure. I've been planning the last couple weeks. Um, well, I've been planning yesterday, really last couple weeks. <laughs> uh, yesterday I started planning um, my Google Classroom and getting stuff ready and and I'm trying to stay more on the ball this year and organize and stay ahead of the game, especially because things can change so quickly, especially with virtual versus in person. I am kind of sad about being virtual because I am going to be at a new school and like when you're virtual, it's almost like you're secluded from the other teachers. Like you're, you're not bringing your class around the school. You're not walking to the gym. You're not walking to the library. You're kind of like in your own little corner on your computer at school that's what I noticed with my teach with my coworkers last year at least um so that'll be kind of tricky especially because I'm new to the school but hopefully I still I'll still be able to collaborate with the other grade three teachers and hopefully um make some new connections with my colleagues and I'm really excited about that so that's the school year pretty much and how everything's kind of like changed this year and what have you um I thought this episode would be great to talk about like back to school planning and getting ready for the September, getting ready for the new year. And even if even if you don't have anybody who's in school or you don't have children in school or like you work a job where September is just kind of like another month, I still like to think of September as almost like the beginning of the year, right? It's a fresh start where all the kids start school. Um, it's just growing up like my whole year surrounded like 
started in September, if that makes sense. And then it ended in June and then you had two months off and then it starts fresh again in September. So wherever you work or whatever, whatever you kind of do, this can still be like a good kind of fresh start. Maybe it's like your mid season fall restart or refresh, so to speak. And I thought it'd be cool to talk about like things that are important for back to school and routines and amazing Amazon finds because there's a couple I want to share with you guys that are like bomb. So let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll jump right into it. Okay, I thought it would be super fun to start um, sharing some of the amazing finds I found on Amazon to prepare for the new school year. So there's a couple cool things I found. So one, because I am going to be teaching virtual and I had a really comfy desk chair last year and it was like starting to peel and whatever and one of my good girlfriends, she's like, you're not keeping that, you're not going to be the new teacher at the new school with like a peeling chair that's like old and secondhand and I was like okay fine so I got rid of it uh when I was cleaning out my stuff last year so I'm gonna get myself a exercise ball chair um I know that my secretary at my old school she used one and I know like how good it can be for your back and just because I'm gonna be on the computer most of the day I think it'll be it'll be great especially like for your posture and um just like your overall overall well-being because we all know that sitting too much is really bad for our health and what have you so I'm gonna get one of those and this other thing I saw that was really cool it's almost like I guess it's more so used for like elders or like people who had surgery who need rehab but I saw it on an article I read and I thought it I'm like this is brilliant so it's basically a stationary pedal exerciser so basically think of like a stationary bike um, like in spin class or whatever, but just the pedal part. And it's like maybe two feet like long and one and a half foot wide. And it just sits on the floor underneath your desk and you put your feet in the pedals and you can just pedal your feet as you're sitting at your desk. How genius is that? I'm gonna get one off Amazon. It's called the Proactive Stationary Digital Pedal Exerciser for $53. And I think I'm like, this is genius because that way like, you're still kind of moving as you're sitting in your exercise ball chair at the same time and then moving your feet as you're still working away on the computer and that can be good for like anyone who has a desk job like anybody who works in an office I thought it was brilliant and I'm like I'm so so getting this so I'm really excited about that one um another really cool find that I found let me just pull up um my wish list here so as I was making my list I found another thing it was on someone posted it on a Cricut um, Facebook group page which if you do not have a Cricut that is something else that you definitely should invest in especially if you're a teacher if you're anybody who like makes crafty things Um, I've made so many t-shirts I've made um, all my bulletin boards at my school are made with my Cricut machine anything that I needed to cut I used to cut out every single letter on my bulletin boards by hand every single one and then I got a Cricut machine for Christmas and it was like a life changer it's so easy it's a little bit time consuming just because you have to do it on your computer first and then um, uh, use it use the machine to cut it and what have you but it's a lifesaver and another hack I learned last year is if you want to keep your things nice and protected what you do is you 
take your paper, you laminate it first in like a mini laminator that you can also get at like Staples or Amazon. And then you put that in your Cricut machine and then that way it will cut the laminated paper so then your letters are already protected. How smart is that? That's pretty smart. So yes, Cricut machine, definitely on the list of things that you uh, probably need for back to school. Another th cool thing I found for teachers, um, it, it was like, you know like those napkin holders at restaurants or those straw things where you press like the little the little lever and like the straw pops out of the bottom so you can get one of those for pencils and i saw someone put like a really cute harry potter quote on there on theirs like it said like the the wizard doesn't choose the wand the wand chooses the wizard or something like that and like you you press a little lever and like one pencil pops out how smart is that and then kids can't take all the pencils out of like the jar or whatever they have to press a little handle and then they get one little pencil so there is one on amazon it's called simply imagine pencil dispenser holder for classrooms home office use or whatever and it's only 25 dollars. and i was like yup i'm gonna get one of these i thought it was brilliant um just crazy crazy so i'm definitely gonna get one of those another cool thing that i saw is some schools allow it some don't so if yours doesn't don't purchase it um but it's on my wish list so we'll see if if i purchase it or not so it's this like mini mini fridge that holds like six cans or whatever but could hold your lunch bag and it's baby pink and it's the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life it's like it's it's a thermoelectric cooler or it can be a warmer for skincare food cosmetics home travel gifts and it's so cute. It's only four liters. It only, like I said, it only holds six cans. It's portable, so you can like keep it in your car. You can, like it for picnics or whatever. Um, it is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's on Amazon. It is um, sixty-eight dollars. So so cute. So I have my eye on that one. Another cool thing I learned last year is you can get this mini crock pot on Amazon as well. And then come in so many different colors, like blue, red, black. I think there's a pink one. Um, honestly, it was a lifesaver last year. Literally, you can bring anything, put it in your little crock pot, plug it in the middle of the day. And then when lunch comes around, your food's already warm for you. So you make soup. I had queso dip once and nacho chips for lunch one day. Um, you can put like rice and chicken in it and it'll warm up for you. I had chili in it, leftover chili in the winter time. Oh my God, it was great. And then like, it's great for office use if you're a teacher like literally anybody can use a little mini crock pot in their life and it's so t small it fits in your lunch bag and it's the perfect portion and it's already warm and you don't have to use like extra microwaves um, in your office or in your staff room and it's you don't have to wait in line for the microwaves that's another perk and it's just it's warm and fantastic so that is definitely a must um, another thing that can be useful for teachers is I was looking, you can get like little mini, um, um, like, you know, those golf pencils. Um, so you can get those actually, you can get like a pack of 144. And I think that's a great deal because kids lose pencils all the damn time, all the time. They're like, madame, I just lost a pencil or madame, I need this or madame, someone stole my pencil. So if you just have like a box of mini little golf pencils as a backup, perfect perfect and then um you always have some, want something handy for your students right so those are my amazon finds i thought that they were brilliant um 
some of them are still on my wish list and some things I'm still preparing. Ooh, planners. Let's talk about planners for a second. So I used to just get a agenda or a planner from um, chapters or indigo, whatever we call it. And I used it for like personal use, right? So organizing like my tutoring schedule, organizing appointments and stuff like that. I can't do it off a phone. I make my to-do lists on it and it's super useful. And then I've kind of dabbled with a bunch of different teacher planners the last couple of years. So my first year I would print it all out. I made up like my own template and what have you and put it in a binder and it worked well for the first two years. Then last year I tried to purchase, I purchased um, one that was made by a teacher on Teachers Pay Teachers and like you can personalize it and what have you and I laminated the pages and whatever. Um, it was okay, like I used it but like I didn't really like it after a few weeks but I was like oh well screw it I've already kind of made it and what have you so I'm just gonna commit to it. And then I know that there has been a lot of teachers using like a happy planner they're a little bit more pricey but you can also kind of personalize it but I found it was a lot more sturdy than one that I than the one I made last year so I purchased myself a happy planner and I'm so excited about it it's so cute it's like baby pink it says life is good on the front um it's, I have like I added like some inserts for it and it's so 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 nice I love it and I also heard of one today it was called an Aaron Corden Co Corden planner um that's new I just saw it on Facebook this morning, actually, um, of a lady unboxing it. And it looks really nice, except for it's real pricey. It's like 60 bucks. Um, but I guess it just depends what you like, how you like your, your day organized, um, whether like your periods be uh, horizontal on your page or vertical on your page. Like it's a personal preference. And agendas and planners are really hard to suggest to people and recommend to people because everybody's different right like I once tried to get a really really fancy um, agenda for organizing my personal life and I was like this is so pretty it's so cute never used it because it was just like yes it was pretty and yes it was cute but it wasn't what I needed and it didn't work for me and and I didn't like using it but so I just get the same one every year it's a different style from Amazon from chapters um it's only like 25 bucks. It's super, super cute. This year's, um, the one I have, it's it's almost like a um, faux leather outside, but it's, again, baby pink in case you haven't realized. I really like that color. Um, it says 2022 down the side in white. It's super, super cute, super, super easy to use. Everything's laid out for you for the week because I like to see my week at a glance, um, especially like for my own organizational purposes and so that one's great in terms of a teacher planner you just have to figure that one out on your own I know so many people use like fitness planners and um, budget planners and wedding planners and everything but you got to definitely find the planner that suits you the best and helps you helps you feel like your life is organized and I think that's the number one thing because organizing your life is literally the best thing on the planet like, I feel so much calmer knowing that I've written everything out that I need to do. When I get to cross it off my list, oh, mama, that's a good feeling. Like, I love crossing shit off my list. And then you're just like, yeah, I can relax now. So that would be my back-to-school shopping um, ideas, especially, like, for teachers or if you're in the office. Lots of those can pertain to if you're in the office. So definitely check those out on Amazon. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk routines.
we're talking about routines, I know that starting back into a routine is really tricky and especially like if you have younger kids, I am lucky that, well not lucky, like I'm in a position right now where I don't have kids. So basically the back to school routine for me is just me and my doggos. And the interesting thing is, is I'm moving actually. So when this episode gets released, I will be packing my my current apartment and moving into a townhouse, which I'm super, super excited about. But you see the townhouse, so I move in, I pack, I move in the next day, I have to be at school the day after that. So my brain is like, so my whole routine that I would normally have set up is kind of at this point fried because just so much is going on in those three days that it's going to be impossible to set a routine moving in unpacking having to be at school for two days for pd for pd sessions about covid protocols probably there's going to be some math training with the new ontario curriculum and just getting everything all organized and set up and my dogs it's going to be the first time like where they're home alone literally all day while i'm at work because i've been home teaching since april so it's going to be uh it's going to be a challenge that's for sure um Something that I like to find a little bit of hope in is getting kind of ahead of the game. So, like, I use my agenda literally all the time. I love to cross things off my list. And just trying trying to do things that can get me a little bit ahead of the game. So when next week arrives and my routine is all out of whack, I can already know what's coming up. I can know what I have to get done and try to get ahead of some things, too. So, like... I have to do like model check-ins, so I will do that like later this week, so I don't have to do it early next week. Um, Recording episodes for the podcast, again, have to do that, be ahead of the game for when, so when next week comes, I'm not like freaking out, stressed to the max, although right now I'm pretty stressed to the max, to be honest. It's a lot going on, that's for sure. Um, And just moving sucks, like this is going to be my, I'm 26, this is going to be my 23rd move in 26 years of living. So my 26, sorry, 23rd house I'm moving into. So I'm kind of like an expert at it, but like it sucks. It sucks big time. Just like you're exhausted and like the hassle and just getting everything organized and like changing your name, your addresses, your address and like your name to the utilities and, and everything and like making sure you don't break anything during the move and then when you're moving like I've never I've always moved like when I've moved I've always done it myself I've never had movers that were hired so like your hands like ache at the end of it and for me just knowing I have to go to school the next two days after moving everything I'm like literally gonna die literally but I'm trying to stay positive trying to trying to keep everything as normal as I possibly can, just making sure like my doggies are good, they're going to be set up, they're going to be into a routine, Um, they're going to be in a new house so they're not even going to be like sure what's going on or where they are, Um, making sure that they're comfortable, setting up, trying to get back into like a regular sleep schedule, I think that's super important when talking about um, routines and back to school, like even myself, like my sleep schedule has been all out of whack since, since COVID, especially since working from home and moving into a new place, getting into a proper sleep routine there, that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. My new school that I'm going to is an early start school. So the last three years I started, our first bell didn't ring till 9.15 in the morning. This year, our first bell rings at 8.30 in the morning, like class starts at 8.30. 
So that in and of itself is 45 minutes different, like which means I'm going to have to get up earlier. My commute's going to be a little bit longer this year. It's going to, so I, getting back into a proper sleep schedule and sleep routine is going to be key because I don't know about you guys, but me and all my siblings, we are the grumpiest of people when we don't sleep, literally. There was this um, quote on Grey's Anatomy. Um, I don't remember what season it's in, but somebody was being grumpy or something else. And um, Meredith's sister was like, what are you being a grumpus? And I use that word all the time now. It's fantastic. Like, I'm the biggest grumpus when I don't sleep. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. I just need to make it to next Wednesday we're at school. Thursday we're at school. I need to make it to next Thursday afternoon. And then that way I can just like prepare for the first day of school the following Tuesday. So that is my back to school routine kind of plan. Another thing too, when um, school does start or if you're starting up work again or what have you, always make your lunch the night before. And I like to meal prep and meal plan ahead of time. So I have like lunch set up for like three days. And then on like Wednesday night, I'll make it for Thursday and Friday night. That way, like I'm not, cause when I get home, like I'm just too tired and too lazy or like I have to tutor and have to bring the doggies for a walk or I'll want to work out. And like, I don't got time to make a lunch. I don't got time for that. Or I don't got time for that the next morning. And so like just preparing it the night before is uh, really, really good. And I also like to make it just a quick breakfast in the morning that I can take with me. So normally, especially with my commute this year, it's going to be a little bit longer. So I think making a smoothie every morning and drinking that on the drive to work, I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a game changer, I think. As I'm telling you guys all this, like, I'm just like, hey, that's actually a pretty good idea, you know? So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear what your guys' back-to-school routines are and, like, what you do to prepare yourself for your kids for back-to-school. Um, I know there's so much more to it, like, getting school supplies ready and, um, like, backpacks and lunch bags and putting names on things and all of that stuff. Like, trust me, my mom did that for me growing up, too. I actually have to go into the school tomorrow and start setting up my classroom and like that's stressful in and of itself just setting up my area because I don't know I'm, I'm starting off virtual this year but like I could be moved in person by October like who knows no we, like we have no idea so I'm going to go in tomorrow and just start organizing my space making it like um, comfortable and setting up everything because I just kind of threw it all in my portable at the end of the summer I was like I'll deal with this in the end of August well now it's the end of August so that used to be a future Shelby problem and now it's a current Shelby problem so that's all part of setting up the routine, I guess, is just making sure like your environment that you're in, whether it be your office at home or your, your classroom or wherever that may be, like just making sure it's, it's a welcoming environment, making sure you're comfortable in that environment, making sure it's somewhere that you want to be every day. Because if you think about it, I'm going to be spending more time at school than I'll probably sp- be spending at home for the next 10 months. So And then people always say like, oh, why did you put so much time and effort like making nice bulletin boards or like setting up your classroom or making it look pretty or what have you. And I'm in my brain, I'm just like, well, one, the kids like it and that matters to me because I want them to be comfortable in their learning environment. And two, I am in here all the time. Like, why would I not want my space to be somewhere that I want? I'm excited to go to and happy to be in every single day and that's organized and like it's it's welcoming and it's like clean and and like just pretty like why would I not want that if I'm going to be spending most of my time here for the next 10 months <laughs> of the school year 
so I do like to do that a little bit of extra effort at the beginning of the school year so that's part of the setup tomorrow just gonna head in there kind of set some stuff up and probably do some more on the PD days next week so but yeah tell me I'd love listeners I'd love to hear what your back to school routines are like and and what you do to be prepared for the start of the fresh school year um so send me a dm at little did you know podcast um just so I can hear all about it because I'd love to hear it but let's take a quick break and we'll keep going something I do want to touch on that tends to be a little bit more controversial and I don't really like to dip my toe in the topic surrounding politics but I think it's an important thing to touch upon um, especially like given the platform to talk about it I think it it's it's important so about a month ago or so a couple weeks I think the government of Ontario released their back-to-school reopening plan for the province and for the schools to open back up safely since we've been closed since last April. And there's just a couple things about it that concern me. I know there's been a lot of talk on social media, on Twitter, on the news and what have you about like the government not being sufficient enough or maybe people um, on the other side of the, of the spectrum saying, oh, well, this is good enough. We should have been in school the whole entire year. I'm not going to argue either side, but what I am going to mention is that Something that was mentioned in last year's reopening plan was the upgrade of ventilation systems within the schools. I can tell you that the school I was at previously, not all rooms had that. They had like an air um, air purifier system in each classroom, but the ventilation systems that, like the HVAC systems that they're talking about, the reopening plans, I can tell you for a fact, not all schools in all of Ontario have that or are prepared to have that for our September 7th start date at all. And if you think about it, how many schools are in the Toronto board? How many schools are in like Peel region? How many schools are in Hamilton region? Think about all these giant cities in the Ottawa district school board. How many schools in all of Ontario are 100% ready for back to school on September 7th? Just think about this, the, the systems, the, the HVAC systems involved, first of all, okay? I know for a fact that my old school is still considered a construction zone because it's still being worked on to prepare for, for September 7th, meaning teachers can't go in this week to prepare their classrooms, meaning more stress is involved, meaning they are more anxious, meaning things might not be ready for back to for for Tuesday September 7th and teachers just have to pivot as we've been told to start however we start and that's something that like really sits on me because as a teacher I feel bad like I feel bad that things are not ready yet but that's out of our control like people are blaming teachers online people are saying oh well that's the teacher's fault oh they're complaining about this blah 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 no if you think about it we're the ones advocating to be in school. We are the ones advocating for students to be in school. But we can't, we have no control over how that's done and the safety measures needed to be put into place to make sure that everyone can be safe at school. It's not just about the students being safe at school. It's about the teachers. It's about the administrators. It's about the caretakers. It's about the visitors. It's about the parents. It's about the community as a whole. And for some schools, unfortunately, not to be ready 
is it's and it's not even the school's fault it's the government's fault because if you think about it they didn't implement their they had since literally school shut down and went back into session three times last year we started in person and we went to virtual we went back went back in person and we finished in virtual okay so how long did they have to realize that what they were doing last year wasn't working since we were in and out four times here we are new school year starting in a week and a half and they still have no idea what's going on be kind of cool to end things on a lighter note this episode um what is our favorite school memory or back to school memory so if i'm thinking back i remember being super super nervous (laughs) when heading back to school just like starting a new classroom having a new teacher like not knowing what to expect if your friends were in your class, especially in elementary school. Um, that that was a little bit nerve wracking, but my favorite part was always like you get to school and you have like brand new binder and you have brand new pencils and it's all like organized and nice and clean. And you're just like, yeah, this will be great. Um, I also remember the first day of, I think my favorite grade was grade 11, to be honest, if we're talking about favorite grades. Just, I don't know what it was about grade 11, but like 9 and 10, grade 9 was hard because there's such such a jump from elementary school to high school. And then, so grade 9 was hard, grade 10 was like meh, and then grade 11, that's when like I feel like I found my groove. Like I had friends in grade 12 older than me, Um, I wasn't the youngest at the school anymore, I played on all the sports, that was my third year playing sports. Um, We had a co-ed volleyball team and we went to Ottawa for a... Um, a tournament, an overnight tournament and like that was ridiculously cool because our school was a very small high school and so we never had kind of those opportunities. So that was really cool. We were really really good at girls volleyball. My girls volleyball team made it to IASA and for those of you who don't know that's like the stage right before OFSA because I grew up in Eastern Ontario so it was Eastern Ontario Secondary School Athletic Association and so we made it to IASA um, and then one of our star girls twisted and broke her ankle and we all kind of just freaked out and then we ended up losing but just everything great was in grade 11 like I just I was confident I was like a leader for the grade 9 students coming in like just everything about grade 11 was my favorite um, my locker was in a good place I got good grades that's when you start thinking about university and like grade 12 is good too but like grade 12 you know you're leaving right and I remember in grade 12 when we played our last basketball game as a team and me and the girl who were on the team together, on all the teams basically together since grade nine, like I remember we were so upset on the bus ride home after our last basketball game. Like we were crying, we were like, well, that's it. Like that's our last basketball game. Like, yes, we have other sports, but like our high school sports career is basically over. (laughs) And like, so grade 12 is like a little bit too sad. Whereas at grade 11, like you still know you have one more year left of high school. You still know you have another year left of sports and what have you. So grade 11 was definitely my favorite year. Um, My least favorite year, grade four was very strange. So when I was in grade four, I had this one teacher and she was gone for a while. She had to like have surgery. I think she got her gallbladder removed from what I can remember. And she left and we had this weird supply teacher for like a couple weeks. 
and I remember the supply teacher would go, somebody would like not eat their lunch, and I remember there was a Lunchable, and she came out, she came in to like check on us during lunch, and there was a Lunchable in the garbage, full, like someone had not eaten it, they just threw it out. And she pulled it out, and she's like, qu'est-ce que c'est ça là? Quelqu'un n'a pas mangé leur dîner, like somebody didn't eat their lunch, and she pulled the Lunchable out of the garbage and started eating the Lunchable, and we were all like, wait, what? And then when our teacher finally came back, she brought her gallbladder back to school in like a prescription pill bottle and it looked like a little tiny pine cone. And like it was just, it was very strange. And yeah, <laughs> I remember there was a girl in my class who like always smelled like farts. I think she had bowel problems, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, and yeah, grade four was weird. And then I remember going to grade five and we were a grade five, six split. And we were walking into, like, the lineup in the morning from the buses, and there was, like, a rumor going around that a teacher had fainted. And we were like, how weird would that be if, it, like, it was our teacher? And we walk into the classroom, and there's a supply teacher there because it was our teacher who fainted, like, that morning. We found out she was pregnant, and then she never came back. But, like, yeah, grade four and five was very strange. Very, very weird. Um, if we're talking about favorite elementary school grades, grade eight by far. Um my teacher I had the same teacher for grade seven and grade eight and I just remember like we worked really hard and me and my friends got to like she would let us get out of class early and go help set up for the grade eight grad and she'd always let us work in the hallways um and it was great she was very strict um but the, the cool thing is like I have her on Facebook now so like that's kind of cool to see um but yeah, I think it's interesting to think about like what your favorite grade was and why and who, like if you had a favorite teacher and it's weird because like as a teacher now I'm thinking about it like I had a favorite teacher growing up and I wonder like if my students had a, have a, had or have a favorite teacher. Um, you're not supposed to admit if you have favorite students. That's a, that's a big no-no. I love all my students. But it's interesting to look back and think about why a specific teacher was your favorite like was it how they treated you was it like their teaching style or teaching method was it that they were approachable was it that they didn't pull it up with anybody's bullshit like just thinking about it I think my favorite teachers growing up were the ones that were approachable but also the ones that didn't put up with any bullshit like you can't have a teacher that's like too lenient or too like chill like, they need to be able to, to control the classroom, especially, like, when there's hooligans in the class. But also a teacher who's, like, chill and, like, you can feel like you can go up to them and talk to them about something. Or, like, you're not intimidated by going up to them if you have a question because you'll know that, like, they'll help you and they won't make you feel stupid. So I think that's, well, for me, those are some of the key, like, things I considered looking back now on who my favorite teachers were. And then which teachers, liked, like, were not that great and... I think it's the teachers that were not that great were the ones that like didn't know how to manage the classroom didn't know how to control the students in the classroom didn't know like how to teach something properly and even now like as an adult taking courses and extra courses or university courses or what have you it's really difficult when there's an instructor that like they can teach it but I've taken courses there was a course I took last summer where it for me it was very simple because of my kinesiology background and the stuff that the instructor was teaching I was like this is not right and like he wasn't explaining it properly and there was this one girl and I was trying to explain it to her and I explained to her like the the theory and the ideas that he was talking about in a different way and he's like she's like wow like 
you're teaching me more than this instructor is. And I'm like, I know, like I could basically teach this course, but I'm too young, one, and two, like I don't have enough experience to teach the course to other teachers, but I already knew what he was talking about and I was able to help other other students, quote unquote, adult students in the class. Um, so you're, you're, you definitely need to be strong in what you're teaching and like be comfortable with what you're teaching. If you don't know something, like get more professional development on it, get more knowledge on it, do more research on it. And I think that's what like helps you get better at anything, like not just teaching, just anything in general. And you need to be able to put that time in for yourself to help yourself grow. And learning doesn't stop when you're a kid. Like it doesn't stop after you're done grade 12 or after you're done university. Like everybody's learning something all the time, whether it be like a new skill, whether it be a new, a new hobby, whether it be how to like build something, whether it be like how to take care of a dog or a baby, like everybody's learning something. And I think that if you're not interested in furthering yourself and learning something new like if you just think oh well I, I know everything blah 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 like no that's not going to get you anywhere in life that's not going to make you open to new opportunities and new adventures so I definitely think that being open to learning whatever it may be is crucial and just like especially with like when you're teaching somebody else how to do something like you need to be patient I've learned that that's a big one you need to be patient you need to almost be an expert in your field so to speak and I'm not by no means an expert in any of all any of the stuff I talk about especially on the podcast like this is just kind of an outlet to to share my thoughts and share my ideas does it make me an expert expert no does it make me think like I know everything absolutely not should you believe that I know everything when I talk or when my guests talk on here no <laughs> right like these are just my ideas it doesn't mean they're true it doesn't mean that they're false either it's just my own opinions and my own thoughts and hopefully it it helps somebody else but I'm always definitely always open to learning new things and always open to challenging myself I think that that's one of the best ways to help your you grow as a person and help your brain grow and help you like still be strong and both mentally and physically as as you get older and I don't want to be like one of those people one day where like you're just so lazy and like your brain just stops working and you can't even do like a word search puzzle because you didn't challenge yourself as as you go through life so that was my little tangent I guess we kind of started about favorite grades and then to teachers and then teacher traits so and then just traits in general and life in general but that's how this this kind of goes so it's was definitely it's definitely something cool to like look back on especially as a teacher now like putting myself in my teacher's shoes when I was a kid it's it's cool to see and like I get to think about like oh well I liked this from this teacher but I didn't like how this teacher did this and I can kind of like formulate how I act and how I treat my students based on the experience that I have and my own experience as a student and how I wish I had been treated or how I wish I had teachers when I was a kid so that's definitely how I approach my teaching practice and my relationships with my students because that's number one for me is my relationships with them but it's going to be an exciting week it's going to be I'm, I'm excited to go back it's been a long summer it's I'm starting virtually but I'm I'm prepared for it and like I've said like if something happens god forbid and we end up going back to virtual like I'm already I'm already set up and I'm already prepared for that so and if we have to go back and if I have to go back in person then I know how to do that too so I'm just ready to pivot no matter what direction I'm told to pivot in 
and I feel like it's going to be a great school year, a fresh start, fresh, fresh new team, new students. It's going to be, it's going to be a good year, I feel, and you guys are going to be along with the journey. I can't wait to tell you like all my crazy stories about in-class teaching or virtual teaching and just everything in general, life in general. So I hope that you guys enjoyed your last week of summer Uh and I'll catch you guys next week.